Hey, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Chris Maloney back with you for CWN Recap. NXT TakeOver 31 took place earlier tonight. And as promised, we are back on the air momentarily after the uh, pay-per-view. We've got a special guest here tonight. I'm going to bring him in. Uh, the one and only Mr. Sean Bates of the Scumbags of Wrestling. Sean, how you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Um, it's Sunday night. Can't complain. <laughs> And, and not just of the scumbags of wrestling, one of the original members of CWN, by the way, which uh, back in the day used to be known as the Canadian Wrestling Network. Uh, myself, Sean, and a guy named Ed Simon had, uh, uh, you know, kind of run and produced the site and kind of uh, given it life, so to speak, way back in 2009, a long time ago. So going on 12 years in January, as I've uh, said on the show. Uh, but uh, like I said, this is the uh, recap show. And uh, two things. Number one, the mic seems to be working properly. I've got this uh, live little connector thing attached to my router now. So we'll, uh, we'll have to wait and see if, uh, you know, the feedback's a little bit better from episode seven, which was absolutely horrible. The one thing I did notice while I've got Sean on the line here, the fact is when I went back and, and looked at the, uh, the replay of episode seven, my quality was absolute crap. But when it came to the promos of Ryan Knight, and Sean with his Scumbags of Wrestling t-shirt and poster, crystal <laughs> crystal clear. So when uh, Sean made that comment as far as a, a good-looking shirt goes, that, uh, yeah, it was because the uh, the promo was, uh, you know, perfect. So, um, uh, Sean, uh, just get your thoughts. Uh, did you see NXT TakeOver 31 tonight? Yeah, I just finished uh, just like everybody else did. All right, cool. So I'm going to get into uh, NXT TakeOver here. We'll go through it match by match. Uh, talk about some of the stuff that happened throughout the night. Uh, but uh, NXT TakeOver 31 produced by WWE 2K Battlegrounds. Uh, you will see a review coming on CWN Online sometime in the near future. I started playing it again last night. Uh, got beat by Samoa Joe probably six times in a row and then finally beat him. But it's uh, it's not as easy as 2K used to be. But uh, And when I say 2K, I'm talking like 2K 20, 19, so and forth. So, But uh, notes back in the saddle and definitely happy to be part of the uh, NXT family. TakeOver 31, Scott Armstrong is officially back with the WWE as far as NXT goes. Uh, so he posted that on Twitter. So obviously his uh, his father, Bullet Bar uh, Bob Armstrong, had passed away. Everything going on with COVID as well. Uh, but Scott Armstrong is back in the mix as far as NXT goes. Um, Sean, I'll get your thoughts after I, after I say this. Uh, Capital Wrestling Center is the new venue of NXT. So that being said, NXT TakeOver events, NXT weekly events on Wednesdays. I'll, I'll say these little notes first. Fans in attendance behind the plexiglass and, and there was a cage, which was kind of interesting. It looks like a mini, uh, little uh, mini steel cage around the ring. Our virtual fans are behind them in the stands. Looks like a grungy version, in my opinion, of the WWE Thunderdome. Uh, you see almost like a semi-smoke-filled arena, uh, piped-in crowd noise. And the other comment I want to make, Beth Phoenix apparently had <laughs> had red hair going on tonight, which was uh, uh, so Vic, uh, Vic Joseph started the show and basically no, um, I want to say Nigel, Nigel McGuinness, but he's not part of it anymore. But uh, Wade Barrett and Beth Phoenix, but it was Vic Joseph saying that he'd be doing the commentary with uh, Beth Phoenix as well as Wade Barrett. Sean, your thoughts on the Capital Wrestling Center as well as um does it matter to you that the commentators are coming on and basically, you know, Beth Phoenix probably back in Canada, Wade Barrett is probably back in England or wherever he is located. Does it bother you at all that uh, the commentary isn't live, so to speak? Well, I found it interesting that they were able to uh, be in sync with each other and 
uh, do that. Um, you were saying that somebody, uh, well, Beth Phoenix had red hair, but that wasn't Beth Phoenix, I don't believe, beside Vic Joseph, because that person wasn't talking at the same time that uh, Beth Phoenix was. It was more of somebody controlling when Beth was going in, just like the gentleman on uh, the other side of Vic was not Wade Barrett. So uh, for them to be in uh, three different locations and still be in sync to uh, do that show, hats off to them. Yeah, so it, it was tough because of the fact is they're showing the match, but they're showing commentary uh, to the right-hand side of the match. And, uh, you know, I, I looked on Beth Phoenix's uh, Twitter tonight to see if she dyed her hair red, and she didn't. But uh, I would rather, as a wrestling fan, have had them had Vic Joseph by himself than to try to put kind of props in beside him. But uh, what were your thoughts on the Capital Wrestling Center as a whole? Uh, well, as you said, it's a different version of the Thunderdome. Uh, they did refurbish, I guess, the uh, uh, Performance Center and what the Raw and SmackDown have been using. And I saw somebody uh, posted a couple minutes ago uh, not liking the name of the Capital Wrestling Center, that it's a lame name and everything. And I'm thinking the, whoever posted that definitely does not know wrestling history because it is named after Capital Wrestling, which is a man uh, legacy uh, organization that uh, eventually became the WWWF and then WWWF and now WWE. Uh, it was all the way back, I think, at least to Jess Ventura, I mean, uh, McMahon. Uh, I don't think it was uh, uh, Vince Sr. that came up with that. I think it was uh, Jess that had it. So they're honoring history, and they showed that at the beginning of the show when they were announcing the uh, name of the place. Yeah, so I mean, uh, there was also a graphic that was posted, uh, I think, on the on the show itself, and then later on Twitter, as far as what Vince McMahon thought re- pro wrestling was. That's Vince J McMahon, not K McMahon, uh, but Jess McMahon. I think what he was the the grandfather of Vince, as, as we know him, don't we? Yeah, he was the grandfather of Vince. He was he started off uh, more in the boxing uh, world, and it was uh, Vince Senior who uh, then ended up by uh, getting into wrestling. Yeah, so I'll tell you this, as a wrestling fan, CWC, to me, has a lot of different, um, uh, what's what am I trying to say? Um, it means a lot to the WWE, so you can think of the uh, Capital Wrestling Center. Uh, you can also think of the Cruiserweight Classic, which would you know hold true to the WWE back a couple of years ago. So those initials, the fact that WWE is trying something new, they get the virtual audience again, it's actually pretty cool. Uh, I'm a fan of it. And it's a different environment because the fact you've got that steel cage that's basically surrounding the ring, almost like, a, a, you know, a, say, for example, a, a baseball uh, stadium would be, uh, like a minor league baseball stadium would be. But it had an element of, um, I guess, success in the fact when you when you get into some matches. So I'm going to say that because I'm going to bring up the match. So first match of the night was Damian Priest defeating Johnny Gargano by pinfall with a reckoning uh, to retain the NXT North American Championship. Uh Damian Priest had used that cage, so to speak, uh, you know, to to his favor. Um, some of the notes of the match, huge size, uh, size difference between the two of these guys. Uh, two security guards end up getting wiped out towards the end of the match. To me, it was a good solid opener. And Sean, me and you have talked about solid openers and this and that as far as, uh, you know, wrestling in 2020 goes. Um, predictions for me, 1-0. Um, had you predicted this match? And what did you think of the opener? Yeah, I believe uh, on Thursday when we did Scumbags Wrestling Podcast, did a quick one because Stephen had to 
uh, Jed out for a phone call. So I uh, just quickly ran through it. I do believe I picked uh, Damian Priest to uh, win this one. Um, yeah, it was a good opener. And as much as I'm a fan of Johnny Gargano's, and you'd think him being who he is, he'd be further up in the card. But if you're not main eventing, it's uh, really good to be the curtain jerker because you're setting the tone. Yeah, so definitely solid match here. Um, huge size, uh, size difference between the two of these guys, like I had said. But Johnny Gargano is Johnny Gargano. He can make anybody look like uh, a superstar in any kind of match. Uh, he's got that uh, Daniel Bryan, uh, you know, uh, wrestling uh, analogy, so to speak. Uh, match number two, the night Kushida defeats uh, Velveteen Dream by submission with a top rope hoverboard lock. Uh, interesting about this. So if anybody knows who Kushida is, they know he's got a huge... Um, uh, I guess, fascination with Back to the Future movies. He comes out looking like Marty McFly, you know what I mean? So uh, in saying that, Velveteen Dream was the first to come out. He's dressed as basically Doc Brown from Back to the Future, <laughs> all the way down to the uh, the pants, uh, to the, you know, he had put white in his hair, white all over his face, this and that. Uh, Kushida attacks him uh, during the entrance. Uh, 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 towards the end of the match, Kushida uh, wouldn't let go of a lock until he got the submission. And when saying that, basically, uh, cross arm. Uh, I say I'm getting my head of myself here, but he he put on the hoverboard lock uh, while they're on the top rope, and then all of a sudden they come down to the mat. He wouldn't let it go. Velveteen Dream ends up hitting the Dream Valley Driver at one point. Uh, still, Kushida would not let go of the lock, and basically Kushida gets the win post match, which uh, I was I was trying to say here. Uh, cross armbar. He hits referee stoppage. Attacks the Dream again. Uh, basically, he basically beats the living hell of the Velveteen Dream in this match. Looks strong. Uh, CWM predicts 2-0 at this point. Sean, what did you think of the match? Velveteen Dream uh, taking the loss as well as uh, what was your prediction on this? I'd uh, chosen Kushida as well to uh, get the victory on this one. It was actually his first uh, takeover event, uh, surprisingly enough, with the amount of time he's been there. But he also was out with a uh, wrist injury. Um the way things went, they almost should have uh, just said it was uh, no DQ uh, sort of street fight because um, Velveteen Dream tried throwing in the chair and doing stuff. Um, I thought it was a good uh, hard-hitting uh, match between the two and uh, showed uh, Kushida's uh, desire to climb up the ladder and uh, do more for himself. Hopefully uh, is able to do better than what Kenta ended up doing when he was brought into NXT. So let me do a follow-up question. What do you see happening with Kushida, North American Championship or NXT Championship? I would definitely go for the NXT, I mean, sorry, the uh, North American Championship. Let him uh, climb up the ladder because, uh, yeah, it would be good uh, progression for him instead of instantly into the uh, main event scene. Yeah. So from there, we go into a promo. So NXT Halloween Havoc announced for Wednesday, October the 28th, 2020, uh, Shotzi Blackheart is howling at the moon in this uh, this promo. Uh, Twitter post is, uh, if you're going to scream, sc uh, scream with me. And that was posted by Shotzi, which is actually a, mis a Misfits reference to hybrid moments. So, uh, Sean, your thoughts on, and, and you've been a fan, lifetime fan of wrestling as a whole, uh, your thoughts on Shotzi getting the exposure as far as doing promos now for NXT, as well as uh, NXT WWE bringing back uh, Halloween Havoc. Well, for Shotzi, I think it's a good thing. Uh, they are uh, seeing what she uh, can uh, contribute. Uh, there had been some shaky moments. Uh, this is actually, I think, her second uh, chance at uh, doing stuff with WD. 
Uh, she'd been part of uh, Tough Enough, I believe, uh, beforehand, and then uh, that didn't work out. We've seen her on the independent scene here in London. Um, just, yeah, uh, they finally got some faith in her. Her character also fit well uh, for doing that commercial for Halloween Havoc, and it's something that NXT can bounce back from uh, and have as a special, still using uh, some old WCW um I guess copyrights and stuff like that so that they're paying for something and using it instead of it just being paid for and sitting around doing nothing. Plus AEW is doing 30 years of Jericho this week and then their anniversary show. So a couple of weeks later, Halloween Havoc, it's going to be a great month of October for uh, specials. Yeah, it should be interesting. Three days before Halloween at that. Uh, one more reference to Shotzi Blackheart. So she had her knee up in this promo picture that they had posted. And sure enough, Instagram, or sorry, not Instagram, Twitter gets a hold of it. And uh, her knee and her foot is now on Robert Stone in one of the pictures that's been altered. So it's uh, uh, fans are having fun with it. But uh, uh, I never thought I'd be, ever be a fan of Shotzi Blackheart. But she's, uh, she's selling me down there in NXT. And I'm loving the tank gimmick. I'm loving every time she runs over Robert Stone. So... Uh, you know, it's it's interesting to see because I, I think you've talked about in the scumbags of wrestling, Io Shirai eventually ended up in the WWE roster, especially with the draft coming out. So who do they go with? You know, who do they go with down in NXT that's uh, not only familiar but has talent as well as has a gimmick? Shotzi Blackheart, I think, is probably at least top three, in my opinion. Uh, match number three of the night, uh, Santos Escobar by pinfall to retain over um, uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott. Uh, highlights of the match. So Escobar comes out with Mendoza and Wild in the entrance. They didn't go ringside, though. Uh, solid match. Legato Dun Fantasma did appear mid-match to distract the referee. Ashante the Adonis shows up uh, to run off Mendoza and Wild. Huge super kick midair by Escobar to Scott, ending up in a two-count uh, towards the end of the match. Uh, three Omegos hit by uh, Escobar. Missed Frog Splash, though, so uh, that didn't happen for him. 450 by Swerve looked like it might have been the end of the match, but only a two-count. Then they end up with a very uh, weak apron spot. And it looked like a spot that was pl probably planned for the end of the match, but uh, Swerve looked like he was out of the location. Uh, he still played the part of being knocked out. Escobar ends up winning. Uh, CWM predicts 3-0. Sean, what were your thoughts on the match as a whole, uh, the ending, as well as who was your prediction? Uh, decent match overall. Uh, they set that uh, turnbuckle issue up early when you saw Escobar uh, take off the covering. Uh, as you said, he totally missed it. Uh, it. He grazed it, if anything. Uh, it just looked, unfortunately, really sloppy. I had actually picked uh, Isaiah Swerve to uh, get the title, even though um, Escobar had his two buddies, uh, potentially. But we saw Adonis come out and uh, do a rescue, so it would have made sense for uh, Scott to get uh, the title, but unfortunately that didn't happen. Uh, but good uh, back and forth match for them. Yeah, definitely. I mean, even with Escobar winning, uh, Swerve still looks strong. So it's uh, I think it's only a matter of time before he ends up with the title. Uh, match number four of the night, Io Shirai defeats Candice LeRae by pinfall to retain. Uh, towards the end of the match, there was a double ref bump. So basically, uh, uh, LeRae ends up hitting the ref, and then Shirai ends up hitting the ref. Uh, Gargano comes down with the ref shirt looking to uh, get the win for his wife there. Uh, Sharma, Daryl Sharma, Hornet, uh, Ontario Zone gets back up, tells Gargano to give him his shirt back. Uh, while this is happening, LeRae hits Io with the belt, two count. Uh, Shirai, top rope, Spanish fly, moonsault win. Sean, before I go any further here, 
What are your thoughts on the match? Because there was a lot of stuff that happened after the match. I'll get to in a moment. But what were your thoughts on on the match as a whole, as well as uh, Gargano uh, being involved? Yeah, these two uh, work really well together. Uh, it was interesting to uh, hear them talk about um, NXT TakeOver Toronto uh, from last year when these two went against each other, except for their roles are reversed uh, with the heel and face, uh, and this time with uh, Candice uh, playing the heel role. But uh, they work really well together. Um, with what you're going to probably bring up in the uh, post-match, I'm actually surprised that Candice uh, did not pick up the victory, even if uh, Johnny had uh, been successful, because they allowed uh, Bailey to do a count and allow uh, uh, Sasha to have the title. So they set a precedence that Johnny could have actually done it. But having Candice not get the title, I'm a little disappointed in. I picked her uh, to get it. But also the NXT women's division is getting loaded up. They had a huge battle royal to get uh, Candice this opportunity. And as you're probably going to mention, two more are being added to the roster. The draft is coming up. EO should have been going up. Now she's still got the belt. Yeah, I have to 100% agree with you. So I went 3-1 and one with this. So uh, CWM Predicts had gone with... Uh, uh, EO to lose, Candice LeRae to uh, be champion, and basically EO to get the call up. So, as I was referring to here, post-match, two things happened. Number one, Tony Storm, of all people, cuts a promo on the big screen, says it's now Tony time. She looks forward to being back in NXT. And then, all of a sudden, uh, Renee Paquette goes online and says, uh, Shirai EO is a bad bitch. <laughs> so, uh, Renee Paquette, uh, Paquette still keeping in touch with NXT and uh, watching WWE here. Once that is happened, so basically mystery promo. So anybody who's been watching NXT the past couple of weeks has seen the mystery promo of somebody breaking into the performance center, so to speak, busting open the title, uh, saying it's only a matter of time before a real champion comes back to NXT. So the mystery promo airs again. And of all people, and I thought Bo Dallas, I thought Bobby Roode. Bobby Roode appears on Ross. All of a sudden, my, my immediate pick goes to Bo Dallas to come back to NXT. I was completely wrong. When I was completely wrong, completely wrong with uh, with with the, the 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 sex as well. It wasn't a male; it was a female. And the female, it was Ember Moon. So Ember Moon has returned to NXT. You've got Tony uh, Tony Storm coming back to NXT. Um, so Sean, hundred percent agree with you. The fact is, they had the ability to bring Io Shirai up to the main roster, especially with the draft coming up. Drop that title to Candice LeRae. Have Candice LeRae end up feuding with. Um, Tony Storm, uh, Rhea Ripley had, uh, you know, comments before TakeOver had even started tonight. Uh, you know, obviously Ember Moon, who's former champion down there. I think Ember was the one who ended up beating Asuka, wasn't it? No, Asuka was the one. Asuka submitted the belt because she went up. And I think Ember, and Ember ended up winning at, uh, the belt after that. But um, what are your thoughts on Ember Moon returning back to NXT, Tony Storm coming into NXT? And are we ever going to see Io Shirai get the call up? I'd love to see EO get the call up because whether they uh, do a Kabuki Warriors 2.0 with Asuka or even have them feud against each other, that'll be worth uh, seeing in itself. Um, the women's division down in uh, NXT is going to be really good. Um, I like Tony Storm. Uh, I saw her in Toronto during uh, that uh, weekend, uh, SummerSlam weekend when uh, – Smash Wrestling had a bunch of uh, shows, and she's really a uh, great talent. 
as far as it goes with Amber Moon, um, Thursday when we were doing uh, Scumbag's podcast, I had kind of mentioned that uh, because the video did have a male and female voice, that if it was going to be male, it could have been uh, Bo Dallas. And I'm surprised it wasn't him because he needs to do something. Uh, but my other pick, if it was a female, was actually Ember Moon. Interesting. I never would have thought Ember Moon, but uh, now it's it's not saying that she's going to wrestle yet. I don't know if she's uh, fully healed, but the fact is she is back in NXT, so she at least start cutting promos and be part of the picture again. So main event time, and uh, I went three and two as far as CWM predicts in this one. So Finn Balor defeats Kyle O'Reilly by pinfall with the coup de gras to end up retaining the title. Um, interesting uh, notes about this match: rumbling noise backstage to the entrance. So it was kind of like that old school. Um, I think it was I, I want to say WrestleMania 14, Austin and Michaels, and they they had presented that old school rumbling to the point that they got up to the entrance and then came out. Going back and watch the match, you'll know exactly what I mean. Um, Undisputed Era sees uh, Kyle O'Reilly off backstage, but does not lead him to the ring. Uh, no air guitar by Kyle O'Reilly, so he was in a ser- kind of a serious mode. Uh, note about Kyle O'Reilly, 33 years old from Delta, British Columbia, south of Vancouver. I didn't know that till tonight. Um, Renee Paquette at one point comes online and says, hard to root for the guy in the gray trucks. Am I right? <laughs> and that was one of the things I noticed about Kyle O'Reilly as well. His gear was off. I mean, it's not your typical black or, or even Finn Balor white, but he had like some gray trunks going on. So it was uh, kind of interesting. Uh, usually when something like that happens, it usually means championship wins, but uh, it didn't happen tonight. Uh, hard-hanging match, uh, uh, KO. So uh, Kyle O'Reilly got busted open at the mouth uh, moments into the match. Lots of submissions in the match, including the sharpshooter by Baylor. Uh, Balor wins with the coup de gras, like I had said. Uh, post-match respect between Balor and O'Reilly. So obviously two guys going at it. Uh, yeah, I could watch this match forever. To me, it's like a, a, a New Japan for wrestling match. But, um, I mean, keep this feud going and, and you know, uh, see where it goes. But post-match, Rich Holland comes out draped with Adam Cole over his shoulder. Drops him ringside. Undisputed Era wonders what the, what, what the heck happened. Like I said, uh, three and two prediction for me. Sean, what's your thoughts on the match? The two of these guys going at it, as well as uh, Rich Holland in the uh, in the scene, as well as who was your prediction? Well, my prediction was Finn Balor uh, retaining. So I went three and two because I uh, messed up on the other two title matches. But uh, yeah, really good match between the two. I. Almost expected a little more uh, out of them. Uh, there was, I think, a lot of hype from the internet wrestling community of that this is going to be an amazing blowaway match. I didn't feel myself blown away by it, uh, but it was a good uh, matchup between the two. Uh, maybe, as you said, it'll continue on, and so you need that setting a tone and then building up uh, from there. Uh, as far as uh, Holland taking out Adam Cole, that gives him something to do because really Adam Cole has nothing left in NXT to do unless he gets brought up to SmackDown. So doing this uh, feud with Ridge Holland, I guess it uh, uh, gives something. I've heard also that there was a thought that both uh, O'Reilly and Cole were going to be more baby faces and uh, strong and fish were going to remain heels after what they did uh, last week uh, uh, with the tag team uh, division. So I don't know if they're going to balance it out somehow and still all be friends or yeah, where it's going to go with these four. 
Yeah, so I mean, post-match definitely aligned. Obviously, Kyle O'Reilly is still recovering from the match itself. Adam Cole's out. Uh, Fish and, and uh, Strong are kind of wondering what the heck had happened. Uh, but it'd be interesting to see NXT this coming week on uh, on Wednesday. Uh, so here on CWN Recap, I always have the habit of doing match of the night and uh, wrestler of the night. So I, I've got my picks already, but I'm going to leave it to Sean first to see if we agree or disagree on this. Sean, match of the night for you. Match of the night for me. Um... I think I'm leaning towards a bit with the uh, Kushida uh, Velveteen Dream just because of the intensity that they had and uh, it had the consistency of working on a body part. You don't see that often where uh, somebody's working on a specific area and it works to get to the victory and it's good storytelling that way. All right, so there you go. Match of the night for me, guys. Balor versus O'Reilly. Definitely could have picked uh, uh, Kushida versus Velveteen Dream because of what Sean just mentioned as far as working on the body part. Uh, Kushida looked like an absolute monster in that match, but um, uh, two old-school wrestlers kind of, to me, in my opinion, going at it in the main event, so Balor versus O'Reilly. So that is my match of the night. So uh, from there, Sean, wrestler of the night. Who's your pick? Uh, wrestler of the night. Uh I'm leaning a bit towards uh, Johnny Gargano. Uh, he put, he did a good opening match. Uh, he made uh, Demon Priest look strong, and then coming out and trying to continue the Gargano way and sneak a victory for his wife. You know, Gargano was all over the place in a way, and it worked because of his heel character. And as I said, the Gargano way. All right, so. Uh, Sean got one of the names right for the for the first part of this, but my wrestler of the night here, Kushida, uh, he looked strong. He almost looked heelish in this match. Uh, he basically beat the Velveteen Dream in the match and then basically attacked him twice post-match. So uh, definitely a strong showing for Kushida here. Um, but uh, it'll be interesting to see where they where they go from here. I definitely agree with you. North American Championship, I, I think, should be in her in his horizon. Um, I don't think NXT Championship is, is going to be there for him, but NXT North American Championship, I think, would be great. Uh, it'd be an interesting match between him and Punishment uh, Martinez, otherwise known as Damian Priest, but um, we'll have to wait and see where this goes. So, Sean, do your plugging here. We are scumbags, facebook.com forward slash groups. That is not right. <laughs> forget about the where, you know, hey, okay, so forget it. We'll just do this. We'll drop this here. We are scumbags. But it's forward slash groups. I'm going to fix this while, while Sean does some promo work here. But uh, it's been a while since we've been on air together as far as uh, me doing a podcast goes. What is uh, what is going on with the Scumbags of Wrestling as far as anything that uh, you're doing? Uh, what's what's been new with you since, uh, since uh, TNT ended back in July? Yeah, well, yeah, we're still selling those uh, awesome comic book uh, style T-shirts featuring uh, 22 stars of the Ontario indie scene. For the month of uh, September, we were doing $5 off. Um, you have until midnight tonight to uh, email me, uh, scumbagswrestling at gmail.com, to still get that $5 off. Uh, I extended it till tonight. Uh, and also $5 off the poster. It's an 11 by 17 poster. $10 for that, $25 for the shirt. All the money uh, being raised is going to uh, Sick Kids Hospital in Toronto representing uh, Steven's Wrestling Journey and the uh, uh, Carrie Malformation uh, research that's going on there. Then uh, we also have 
our regular stuff on uh, Facebook with our group. That's the easiest way you can get in touch with me on that one. But serial-wise, this week we're hitting episode 122. And on Wednesday, uh, Fantasy Warfare Tournament is going to feature Chris uh, joining us with uh, Jonesy. And the three of us are going to break down the greatest heel turn in uh, wrestling history. Will it be Hogan uh, and Savage, where Savage broke up the Mega Powers on uh, that main event? Will it be Hogan being the third guy? You know, there's so many different things. Uh, Undertaker, or sorry, uh, Jake Roberts going after uh, Ultimate Warrior. There's a lot of different ones over the years that have uh, special meaning to people. I feel this show is going to be a lot of good history talked about. Uh, so if you're a historian of wrestling, this is the show to watch. Yeah, and uh, you're accurate there as I put the thumbs up. So uh, uh, Chris Maloney, myself, returns to Fantasy Warfare Tournament. It should be interesting because it's been a while since I've done it. And when Sean approached me with the topic, I was like, hell yeah, this is, uh, this is actually kind of cool. And, uh, you know, you start going through the history books and stuff like that, and you start uh, heels versus faces or just heels alone and then faces alone. There's a lot of moments in, in wrestling, some of them ones that didn't even make it, that stood out in the, uh, the top, you know, top three, top five to me. But uh, there was a lot going on here. But yeah, uh, like, I can just run down some of them uh, for right now quickly. Uh, the mega powers explode. Sid turns on Hogan. Owen turns on Bret Hart. Triple H destroys uh, HBK. Christian turns on Ed's, uh, Edge. Tommaso Ciampa turns on Johnny Gargano. Stephanie forsakes her father. Uh, Orndorff turns on Hogan. There's a lot of turning on Hogan if you get the picture here. And then the following week, we're going to do the face turns, such as CM Punk's pipe bomb. Batista leaves Evolution. Thumbs down to Orton. That happened right here in London, Ontario. Undertaker saves Elizabeth. Uh, Jericho makes the list of KO. Like there's so many things that over the next two weeks, whether you like your face turns, you like your heel turns, we're going to talk about it. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I'll tell you this because the fact is Sean is a Randy Macho Man Savage fan. Uh, that is uh, true and true. What is not true, though, is Sean being a Hulkamaniac. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see Sean's take on the uh, Mega Powers uh, forming as well as the Mega Powers exploding. So I can see both of those moments happening on, on Fantasy Warfare Tournament. Um, yeah, week. and uh, this is uh, this is headed up by Sean, of course. Uh, Jonesy's involved as well. Uh, Jonesy, and, and uh, compliments to you. I'm loving his stuff on on the Scumbags of Wrestling. His uh, uh, this week in history, so to speak. Uh, you know, um, it's interesting because of some of the stuff that he says. Uh, like, when was it last uh, Thursday when he had done the show with regards to Steve Blackman? No idea he was sick before he actually entered the WWE. Like stuff like that. You know what I mean? And the thing about Jonesy is the fact is he's got that voice. He's got that gift, right? And yeah. I'll tell you I'll tell you this because I got you live on the air right now. Um, I got a memory on Facebook today. And the memory was of me taking a picture of a poster here that was posted in London, Ontario. And it was Gilf, uh, Gilf, what was it? Guilford Godfrey roast London. And when I think of Jones, immediately Guilford Godfrey comes to mind because of your bachelor shindig, so to speak. So <laughs> we will leave it yeah. at that because I, I don't want to... Yeah, so I, I do not want to get kicked off of YouTube or uh, get in trouble with uh, any kind of uh, Christian references or anything like that. But the fact is, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Fantasy Warfare Tournament coming up. 
Um, Sean, one more thing to touch on here, and I've got your group right here, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash scumbags of wrestling. Right here, and you would touch base on it, but uh, hashtag Stevens Wrestling Journey. Here's a guy who is making the best of life. Uh, you know, he uh, I know he had done a promo for you with uh, with your T-shirt. Uh, absolutely cool. You can check out CWN on face uh, not Facebook, on YouTube as far as that goes. Um, but he also does interviews in this and that. And one of the interviews he had done recently was with uh, Daniel Garcia back at a Destiny Wrestling show. Um, Sean, let me ask you this, and, and, and just to put you on the spot just momentarily here, what was your motivation for getting involved with Steven's wrestling journey and the Sick Kids? Um, well, one of the actually last shows that uh, we went to, uh, it was in Toronto, and actually a couple of seats down from us uh, was uh, Steven and his brother and his uh, mom were there. And I'd seen Steven uh, beforehand uh, at Impact Wrestling, involved with Joe Hendry and uh, Tyson Dukes. And just hearing uh, Steven's story, when we created the shirts, it was like, okay, how do we uh, do it? Because it's an amazing uh, poster. But, you know, COVID happened. I really don't need the money. Where can it go to? And instead of just going to any random charity who might not appreciate something involving wrestling, Steven has the wrestling connection. He has the uh, great charity that uh, needs to be uh, researched into and just uh, connected dots really well uh, where it be appreciated as opposed to uh, turned, uh, you know, sort of snobbily down or looked down upon for how the money was raised. Uh, and just having the uh, connection between Steven and an actual uh, cause worked perfectly so uh, if we were able to get uh help out there i'm all for it yeah one of the cool things i mentioned this on episode seven of uh, cwn weekly but the fact is uh steven does his best to to uh, give as well and one of the recent videos he had posted on youtube was him and his brother giving a whole bunch of toys uh, to a foundation, you know, so he's a, a sweet little kid, loves the wrestling business, just wants to do his part in, you know, helping society while he's dealing with uh, Kiari malform uh, Malformation. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, definitely check him out. Hashtag Stevens Wrestling Journey, Facebook, YouTube, as well as uh, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, so, guys, I'm going to leave it at this. So, as you've seen before, uh, it is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, so anything that we do in the month of uh, October is going to be pink, hence the hashtag CWNet online, the Breast Cancer Awareness Month, uh, the little ribbon on the uh, the tag as well. Uh, so just basically to raise awareness as far as Breast Cancer Awareness Month goes. Um, Sean, where can people reach you online besides the scumbags of wrestling? What else? Uh, how else can people reach you? Uh, we're on Instagram at Scumbags Canada. Uh, Twitter at uh, Scumbags Wrestling. This might be reversed. Uh, <laughs> just be honest. Um, I definitely email me at scumbagswrestling at gmail.com. All right, very good. And like I, like Sean had said and I had said that basically Fantasy Warfare Tournament next week, you will see me on. Um, we get some uh, big news happening as far as the Canadian Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame goes. Uh, I've got some huge news myself I will release on Episode 8 
as far as uh, wrestling goes that I found out today. So it's uh, actually pretty cool. Happened pretty much moments right before I, I did the prediction show. I might share with uh, Sean off air there, but uh, you guys will hear about it on episode eight of CWN Weekly. But in saying that, guys, thank you very much for being part of the recap show. I'm going to play Sean's commercial first, and then you will see the close. Uh, but uh, like I said, if you have an opportunity, and Sean had said by what midnight tonight, if you uh, send him an email, scumbags are wrestling at gmail.com or facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash scumbags are wrestling, let him know you want that t shirt, let him know that you want that uh, poster. Uh, poster I have myself, the t shirt I have myself, absolutely friggin' phenomenal. Uh, but uh, hit up Sean and, and let him know. But uh, for that, I'm going to uh, play his promo, I'm going to end the show. And like I said, look for CWN Weekly Episode 8 as far as Canadian Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame goes, as well as big news personally from me. So, uh, Sean, thanks very much for doing the show. Scumbags are wrestling. Check them out on Facebook. And, Sean, it's been great having you on again. And yeah. uh, we'll we'll see you soon, I guess, I guess, Fantasy Warfare Tournament coming up. Anytime. See you later. Right. Okay. Hey, wrestling fans. It's Sean from the Scumbags are Wrestling. Have you checked out our latest T-shirt design? It's inspired by our friends over at London Comic Con. Nigel Lewis of NCL Studios came up with this amazing design of a comic book cover. It features 22 stars of the Ontario Independent Wrestling scene, including Cody Diener, Jody Threat, Casey Spinelli, Tyson Dukes, Brent Banks, Tarek, Sebastian Spock, Halal Beefcake, graduates of the Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory, and many more. You can get your t-shirt for just $30 or Buy the poster for $15. Proceeds from this sale are going to go to Sick Kids Hospital in Toronto on behalf of Stephen's Wrestling Journey. Stephen's an 8-year-old fighting carry malformation and they're searching for a cure. You can contact me either through our Facebook page, Scumbags Wrestling, or email me at scumbagswrestling at gmail.com. Get yourself a great t-shirt with an amazing design and help a wonderful cause at the same time. So contact me today and get your shirt or poster.